You're listening to the Live, Love, Engage podcast. On today's episode, we're talking about why it's important for you to pay attention to your feelings. Stay tuned. I am Gloria Grace Rand, founder of The Love Method and author of the number one Amazon bestseller, Live, Love, Engage, how to stop doubting yourself and start being yourself. In this podcast, we share practical advice from a spiritual perspective on how to live fully, love deeply, and engage authentically so you can create a life and business with more impact, influence, and income. Welcome to Live, Love, Engage. Namaste. I am Gloria Grace Rand, and I want to thank you for joining us for another edition of Live, Love, Engage. And today I'm delighted to have a guest with us, and she's someone that I met a few weeks back through a a networking group, and, uh, and we just found out that we actually live in the same neighborhood, basically. We're only about a half an hour away from each other, which is wonderful here in Central Florida. And her name is Ariella Sarai. So welcome, first off, to Live, Love, Engage. Very good yeah. to be here. Well, I am delighted to have you. She is uh, an accomplished woman who um, has done a lot of things that I'm quite in awe of, frankly. She is an undergraduate degree from Columbia University and an MSW from the University of Pennsylvania, but that's, you know, that's okay. Now, what's really amazing is that she spent almost two years in India, first volunteering for Mother Teresa in Calcutta, and then studying Tibetan Buddhism in northern India. And then when she returned, she worked in prisons, foster homes, hospitals, a hospice, and had a private practice as a therapist. And then in the year 2000, she took an international self-empowerment course called Avatar and then spent the next 21 years teaching the course, working her way up to being a top team leader. And now she, uh, she actually left that organization in November and she's now combining her experiences to provide private coaching to, uh, for individuals, team leaders and teams. And I, I really, I just, I love your background and, and you know, the, the work that you've done um, in the past is amazing. And I am curious, though, to talk about, you know, where you are now, because you, you've, you've definitely made a shift in, in over your life, as we all do. We all change and grow and do different things. So what got you interested in doing, uh, you know, coaching now at this stage of your life? Yeah, well, I had a really interesting experience with the Avatar course. So as you said, I was there for 21 years. I was very devoted. And over time, I started to get exhausted and I wasn't happy. And I started to feel a lot of pressure to bring in people and to be on course all the time. And I kept going and kept taking on more responsibility in that organization. And finally, in November, I realized that it was a controlling group, what they call a high control group or a Mm -hmm. cult, in my opinion. And I left. Mm -hmm. And so before I went to Avatar, I had been a therapist. I had done all those things that you mentioned, and then I was in a private practice for many years. Then I went into Avatar, and when I left, 
I just became so determined to educate people on how we can get caught up in relationships and groups that are destructive for us, mm. even the most aware, the best of us, good-hearted people. You don't need to be lost. <laughs> and it's totally purposeless and in a really bad place for that to happen. And I also became passionate about training leaders mm. on how to be safe and create a culture of safety and empowerment and working with teams on communication so that um, people don't have to experience what I experienced for all that time. Mm. Yeah, that's that's. Uh Awesome that you're doing that because I think it is so important. Um, you know, we a lot of times we go through life and we're trying to find um, where we fit in. Which we, you know, we try different things. We and and we join different organizations. And and as you say, even the best of organizations sometimes you know, maybe it's the people or something, something doesn't go quite right. And, and it can start to um, detract from what draw you into what, not draw, what drew you into it. Good English here. <laughs> drew you into it in the first place. So um, let's talk a little bit more about that. What, how, how, how do you know, like if you're in, if you're involved in some sort of organization, how, how do you know what are some signs, I guess, maybe that, that it is safe um, for you to stay, you know, or maybe I guess it should be even what, do you, what are some signs that it's not safe, maybe, and that this isn't really, um, your staying in there is not going to be for your highest good? Yeah, that's a really good question. So, obviously, I've thought a lot about this, and I think that we are all trained in society to tune out our feelings. Mm -hmm. So we're essentially tuning out our inner voice and we pride ourselves on being good at just dealing with things. So we go through a lot of our life thinking that it's a badge of honor to put up with things and be able to handle things that don't feel right to us. Mm -hmm. So that's the start. And so when we tune out what we really feel, we're actually tuning out what I call our inner compass. Mm. So we all have an inner compass that is guiding us toward what's okay for us, what's not okay for us. And also on the other side, toward what really inspires us mm. and what lights us up, what's our purpose, what's, how do we want to express our creativity but we have spent a lot of time tuning that voice out. So when we enter a group or, like I said, it could even be a relationship, and there's something very promising there, it can be extremely exciting. So when I first found Avatar, the tools are great, and I still think they're great. And the people that I met at that time were very supportive mm. and I had a lot of gains and it was incredible. So that's wonderful. But what I did not do was I did not check out what was actually happening in the organization. And I did not tune in to how I really felt after the initial joyful part. 
Mm. So there's really two pieces there. The first piece that I just mentioned was I found that exciting part and then I chose not to research the organization. I didn't mm. want to know. I decided that that awareness wasn't important because what I found felt so good <laughs> that I was going to ignore that and it mm. would be just fine. So that's mm-hmm. number one yeah. is tune in to what it is, do your research. And then the second, and to me, the most important thing is I started to feel uncomfortable. Mm really uncomfortable. And as I took more and more responsibility, I felt very pushed and I actually compromised my own integrity. Mm. And this is what I call micro compromises of Mm. integrity. So it's very common in a group where you'll be asked to do something that doesn't feel quite right, but it's not the hugest deal, like let's say stay very late later than you would want to. And then you think, Mm -hmm. well, just a week, I can do that. Mm -hmm. Or you're, you're paying more than you're comfortable paying and you take out a loan or something. And then you just, you justify it. But over time, these build up Mm -hmm. and you start to override your own integrity And that's where you get really lost because you can't tell if something's okay with you or not. And you become very easily influenced. Mm, Yeah. You know, it's it's interesting when you were talking, it it actually brought back to mind um, growing up. You know, it's like peer pressure when you're a teenager and, and, you know, and maybe somebody wants you to, you know, oh, just, you know, have a cigarette or something, you know, or something. And you're like, oh, you know, something inside is like, no, but you want to feel, you you want to blend in with the kids. And then you do, you do that. And, and it's, and it is, I love that term that micro compromises. I think that's so powerful. That's a really great way of putting at it. It's like, we do that and it does, it starts to eat away at our I think our, even our self-esteem sometimes because we're, we're just, we're not, we're not listening to that inner compass, as you said. So, yeah. That's a great analogy. It is kind of like adult peer pressure. And then you combine it with the fact that you are getting something that's genuinely good as well. Yeah. So it's yeah, that not makes it hard. <laughs> it's not just a big mess and right. there you're getting involved. You really, really like what you're getting and you want to keep <laughs> and mm-hmm. so you, you, you keep going. And here's the next point that I really want to make is that there's a lot of twisting of, we can call them uh, spiritual principles, let's mm-hmm. say, that it's really important to watch out for. And I'll give some examples. So I was told that stretching was a big, important part of my spiritual growth. So we called it stretching out of my comfort zone. Mm, okay. Yeah. Okay. So we all know that. Who, yes. You know, anybody that does self-empowerment work <laughs> knows, okay, we don't want to stay in our comfort zone. Cool. Right. I'm bored. That's where growth That's- comes. <laughs> growth comes out of your comfort zone, right? Exactly. <laughs> so there's, let's call that, you know, a principle that we're all familiar with that we think has value. Mm -hmm. The twisting that I experienced was that I kept 
stretching to the point of doing damage, Mm. not stretching. So I look at it as there's really two kinds of pain. Mm -hmm. When you're exercising, if you injure yourself and you keep going, you're going to damage yourself. Right. You have to know the difference, but you also need to be willing to stretch through the pain of building muscles. Mm -hmm. I did not distinguish those two. Mm. So I stretched to the point where I completely compromised my financial integrity, my relationships, Mm. my well-being on every level. Mm. And I called it stretching. Mm. Yeah. It's that's a good example to share because really it's it's like you're really stretching beyond, um, you know you can only stretch a, a rubber band so far and it is and especially it can it can eventually even break so you, yeah so even though a lot of times we think well it's going to bounce back well it can only bounce back so far if you do take it way too far out and I'm getting out of the camera range here <laughs> you know it's it's yeah it can be damaging so I'm I'm. Sorry you had to learn that lesson, and but it is good, though, isn't it? Um, it's a great lesson. I'd like to give one more example. If oh, that's yeah, okay. please. Yeah. Because I think this is such an important principle. Um, so it's so exciting when you find something that is bigger than you, and you feel like you're helping the planet, right? So it's, mm-hmm. it's, to me, in Avatar, we called it the mission. We had a mission to help people awaken out of their suffering and being stuck in negativity and, right. you know, really wonderful. So you feel like you have this group of people <laughs> with you with and it's exciting. And so it's this, this mission, this cause that you get to be a part of. Again, that principle is wonderful. But when you sacrifice your core values and what's most important to you, for a cause, mm. you have now gone into very dangerous territory. And I did get divorced. I was away from my family, my son, half mm. of his half of the time. Um, I there was a, a lot of things that mm. happened, a lot of unintended consequences mm. that happened as a result of putting the mission before my core values. So that's mm. another thing to pay attention to. It's great if a group has a cause, but are you able to stay in integrity what's mo- with what's most important to you? That's a key question. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, just, just occurred to me, what, what do you think was it that finally gave you the... Um, courage or or just what was you know the straw that broke the camel's back that you said you know what I've got to start taking care of myself this isn't working for me anymore what um how did you make come to that decision yeah that's a great question so I'm going to preface that by saying um, one of the things that was most revealing to me after I left is that it is possible to to know and even say and see that something is very toxic, but not let it register. Mm. Mm. It's the incredible ability of denial that we have. <laughs> yeah, oh, <I laughs> that's mean, true. Really, yeah. Is, 
such an amazing thing. So I actually, for years, I started to recognize and talk about the things that I saw that I thought were not okay. I knew they were not. And how depressed I started getting really to a, a very high level of depression. And I was very afraid. And even though I was seeing it, I didn't let it register. Mm. So there's a big difference there. And what happened was when COVID started, I was home. Mm. And I had been in a course for 14 to 17 days out of every month. Wow. That's a lot. When we worked 7 a.m. till 10 p.m. Oh my goodness. All those days in a row, all that time. Wow. So we didn't really have a chance to self-reflect, which mm. is another one of the tactics that these groups use mm. um, because they discourage that because then you might wake up to what's going on. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so with COVID, I got to feel what it was like to rest, mm. have time to cook, mm. enjoy my dog. <laughs> my partner, who I'm very connected with, he moved in and we got to do things like watch Netflix. I know that. Sounds <laughs> hey, you know, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, those are things that I didn't do. I got to yeah. read, go on scooter rides. Like, you know, it, it was just amazing. And mm. so that was the first thing. I started to get myself back. Mm. And then started to look at, wait a minute, what was I actually doing Yeah, before? That really wasn't working. So that was the first thing. And then I started getting drawn to podcasts and books mm. about cults. Mm. And it was amazing. And I, I, there was one particular book by Steve Hassan, who's an educator about cults mm. that I listened to on Audible. And mm. it, dawned on me, I might be in a cult. Mm. So then I had a session with an exit counselor uh, and really confirmed what I had been thinking. Mm. And then 24 hours later, I give my notice uh, and I have not looked back. I have been Mm. happier than I ever thought I could be. Mm-hmm. There was, of course, the transition where you have a loss of reference points, a loss of all your friends that you've yeah. been with. Nobody, nobody talks to me. Um, you know, there's a change, but I am really, I have myself back, my own inner compass, my mm-hmm. freedom, safety, and my joy. So it's been incredible. Mm, that's awesome. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you were able to come to that. And it is interesting that, yeah, sometimes it takes something... Who who would have known, you know, that a pandemic would would be something that would wake you up and and be able to give you that perspective, you know, the the distance that you were able to be able to recognize that. Wait, I'm feeling really good now. <laughs> hmm, why, why is that? Why am I feeling good now that I'm not in, involved in this group that I thought really initially gave me a lot of good? Exactly. So that's another thing. I'm glad you brought that up is it can change. Yeah. So you can feel good in the beginning. And then if it starts to change, don't just deny it. Pay mm-hmm. attention. Yeah. 
And the other thing you just made me think of is people who are connected with friends and family that are part of groups like this, they ask a lot, what do I do? Right. And my friends and family tried to tell me many times, this doesn't seem safe. You're not happy or exhausted. You're not getting paid. Like what is going on? (laughs) And it doesn't work because you're very much in a viewpoint, a belief system. You're in this whole belief system. Mm-hmm. That you're right and that other people are suffering and they are in the dark and you have wisdom and awareness that they don't have. Yeah. It doesn't work. But what you just said is what works. Mm-hmm. When you connect with people and yeah. you're not badgering them, you're not judging them, you give them the opportunity to feel really heard, connected to, loved, have some fun. That is way more impactful in having that light bulb go off than battering them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, and I think sometimes, I mean, it also, I'm, I'm relating because I've done, I've done interviews even with, um, with relationship experts also, because I can see the parallels and in, in sometimes, um, you know, women and well, then men too, who get involved with, with women, um, you know, it can be either way that initially, sure, it seems like this person can do no wrong. And, and you feel, you know, when you're in that first blush of love and everything is great and, 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 and sometimes you don't see the signs because you don't want to see them. In fact, Oh, I, that's, I was just watching something yesterday that was like that same, oh, I know, where my husband and I were watching a, a, a show about uh, the Mormon uh, uh, church, but it was really about a man who um, forged historical documents and and was making money off of these things and and his closest friends didn't know. And the one guy said, he says, you know what? I didn't want to know. I didn't want to see the signs that, you know, maybe something wasn't quite right with this guy. And so it really does. It's not just organizations. It can happen with our personal relationships too. Absolutely. And that whole training that we have of, I don't want to know, Mm -hmm. really is the starting point of being susceptible to being influence in unhealthy way. Mm-hmm. I, I understand that sometimes we feel like we don't want to know because there's a lot at stake. Yeah. If we find out that the relationship we're in or the job we're in or whatever it may be is really not good for us, we need to show up mm-hmm. in a whole new way. Our, our way of looking at the world changes our sense of ourselves. We have a whole lot more work and responsibility to do to make that change. So it's very tempting to do that on one level. But in the end, the truth always keeps you safer is what I have come to realize. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is that when we don't want to know what's happening within us, we actually stop being aware of where we stand. Mm-hmm. Because we're like, well, I could look at it this way, I could look at it that way, and part of it's good, part of it's not good. I don't know, I don't know. And we don't know how to look within. Mm-hmm. And we choose to not want to know. Yeah. And then you lose your own internal 
reference point of where you actually stand. And again, when you don't know where you stand, guess what? Somebody who knows where they stand and wants to use others, Mm -hmm. it's very tempting because when you see another paradigm, someone tells you, hey, look at it this way, come on up, you know, you're very, very susceptible. Mm -hmm. So being able to tune in to what you're feeling, it's a skill. Yeah. But it's a skill that's really worth learning. Mm. Can you offer maybe one piece of advice of how someone could get started to do that? What would be what would be the first thing that someone could do to start really tuning in if they're hearing this and going, ah, "Yeah, I need to do this." But but how do I how do I begin? Okay, so the first step that I would say is simply listen and pay attention. Mm. So you start to pay attention to what you're feeling, one feeling at a time, and you don't need to do anything about it or analyze it, fix it, or change it. Mm. Simply start by listening. Once you start to listen, you'll notice that some feelings are just, it could just be agitation, for example. I'm feeling frustrated. And you just feel that frustration. You notice it. You acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. And then you sort it. You let it go. You just notice. And sometimes feelings carry messages. Mm. They don't all. So we don't want to get, get obsessed with every single feeling. <laughs> sometimes you just you have a moment. But even with those moments, you want to acknowledge it. I'm, I'm really not an advocate of positive thinking without acknowledging what's really there. Mm-hmm. So notice your feeling. And then if you wish, you can keep paying attention and seeing if there's any message that that feeling is trying to reveal to you. So mm-hmm. step one is really awareness and listening. Yeah, absolutely. I, I've when I first took up meditation, um, the the uh, one of the people behind this, his name is Bill Harris, and he talked about being the witness, just being the witness to to what's going on. Because like in, in meditations, you know, you you try to sit still, and and you know, and then thoughts will come through your head. And he was like, just just witness them. You know, you don't have to worry about them. Just say okay, you know, and just just be aware so i love that 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 you're saying because that that really does make sense to just just be aware of the feelings just just to realize that they're there and 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 look at them and say okay that's what you feel then so that was the first step that you asked and after that you when you're comfortable with your own feelings you can start to ask questions very specific Mm. questions Mm. such as is there something that i'm not seeing Mm. that would be good to see Or is there something I'm running from? Um, Is there something that doesn't feel right? Um, Do I want to stay in this situation? Right. Um, Do I need something? You know, you can ask questions and then tune in to the answers. Mm -hmm. And so um, one of the things, one of the practices that I recommend, and I do this now, is I call it Mm self-check-in. So you start with checking in tuning in with your feelings and then you can ask excuse me any questions that you might have and I also do a weekly check-in with my partner and we check in with each other on all the different topics of our lives how's Mm -hmm. work going 
and we really tune in to see if there's anything coming up that we need to put attention on and our finances and our relationship, our health, Mm. because it's so easy to not check in and lose track literally for years. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. That's for sure. If you want to grab a drink of water, you may. (laughs) Because I know you're struggling. Um, but yeah, I, I, I love that. Um, it is so important. And one of the things I've found that is helpful in asking those questions, uh, at least for me anyway, um, I like to write it down. I, I spend, you know, I take some time journaling and um, sometimes I handwrite it out. Sometimes I actually do, do it on the computer, although a lot of people will say the writing, handwriting is better, but um, I can do either one. So I think whatever works best for you and maybe... Maybe you want to paint your answers, you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever you like, I think, right? Absolutely. There's so many ways to record your answers, express them. And I think one thing I want to mention as well is there are times in our lives where we don't have a choice. Mm. So let's say we're in a job and we're really unhappy about it, but we really can't leave that job because we really need that paycheck. Right. We have learned to tune out how we feel in order to survive. And what I recommend is, even if you can't make a change, don't lose touch with the pain you're feeling. Because then you've really lost more than the job. You know, you've lost yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So you can acknowledge it. And sometimes we do need to put up with situations, but we can still maintain our connection with our own self when we acknowledge how bad it feels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And you know what? And that actually then leads me to, to suggest is sometimes you, you know, you don't have to always do this stuff on your own either. So maybe it is reaching out to a coach or a therapist or um, marriage counselor, you know, but get an outside perspective, um, you know, see someone like you or myself because, a lot of times you you don't, you know, it's like you don't can't, you have blinders on. And so you can't see these things. And in fact, a lot of times you, you even speak them and you're not even aware of the words that you're saying, but someone yeah. else can, you know, someone else who's not living in your shoes, they can, they can point those things out for you. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, this has been awesome so far, but I want, I want to maybe... Um, as we're nearing the end of this, uh, bring it up to something even lighter and just talk about one of my favorite subjects, which is gratitude. So what, what do you feel the most grateful in your life right now? I feel the most grateful for the little things in life, every moment, like sitting down with my family for a wonderful meal together. Mm. Being able to enjoy my day, walk around a, a lake with my dog and feeling healthy. I just, I feel so grateful for every aspect mm. of my life. Mm. That's awesome. And you know, that's a good reminder for anyone also when they are struggling and going through um you know, when you're in a situation that you're not happy about is do think of a couple things that you can be grateful for because that in itself can sometimes help you to be able to um, switch that um, focus a little bit so that you can, it can help you to cope better. I think when you can focus on things that you can be grateful for. 
Yes, and we can start by being grateful for the feelings of unhappiness and acknowledging them. And then looking at what else we're grateful for. Because if you do that first, the Mm -hmm. gratitude is so genuine once you've acknowledged your inner voice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and I have learned to be grateful for challenges, you know, and because a lot of times these things do present themselves to us for uh, something to learn from. And sometimes they can be painful lessons, but sometimes not. But mm-hmm. if we can be grateful for them, it's, uh, it's definitely a healthier way to be in general. So um, I would like to find out from you. Um, if someone wants to connect with you and they, you know, have really resonated with you, what you had to d- say today, and maybe they feel like you might be able to help them uh, tune into their inner compass a bit easier, what would be the best way for someone to uh, reach out to you? They can go on my website, which is my name, com, And I have an opportunity for people to sign up for a complimentary connection call. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So I would love to find out what people are looking for and if I can help. So that's available to anyone who would like to connect with me. All right. Awesome. Well, I will have that in the show notes. So if you are listening to this, um, don't worry about it. You'll be able to find it there and you'll be able to connect with Ariella. So thank you so much for being here today. I really think um, you provided a lot of really valuable information to help folks who, um, you know, might be needing some direction and, and how to really check in with themselves and, and to know when, when something is safe to be in or not, a relationship or a business or organization, what have you. So thank you yeah, for that. I think that the final thing that is just coming to me to just really leave people with is self-honesty. Mm. And when you start to tune into your feelings, you start to practice self-honesty. And really, to me, that is the most important thing that you can have that will keep you discerning in your choices in life. Mm, Yeah, absolutely. Yep, they say honesty is the best policy, but self-honesty is truly even better. <laughs> yeah. You start with that. Start and then with it you. Really yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much again for being here today. I appreciate it. You being here. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah. And thank you to everyone who's listening and those who are watching on YouTube. I also appreciate you as well and uh, encourage you to uh, tune in for you know, make sure that you're a subscriber so you'll be able to be here for our next episode. So until then, as always, I encourage you to go out and live fully, love deeply, and engage authentically. Did you know that a majority of entrepreneurs tend to discount the importance of their work? And a good number feel their success is simply due to luck. I know from personal experience that self-doubt can keep you from having the kind of life and business you desire. That's why I've created a free guide called Uniquely You, how to move from self-doubt to self-love in four simple steps. To claim your free guide, go to liveloveengage.gift. That's liveloveengage.gift.